Hop on board. It's time for another trip with the biker and the rabbi. Today on Biker and the Rabbi, we explore part four in our series about David and what can be learned from studying his life and challenges. And now, here's Biker. Welcome back. I'm here at Trading Sam's, the local shopkeeper who claims to have everything you could need, including just about anything related to David Hamelech, our topic for today's podcast. Claim? It's absolutely 100% dubious. So, I told you that I needed something for personal protection, and you hand me a rock and a slingshot? It's very organic and very old school. Seems a bit too old school. It was good enough for David, and Goliath was no walk in the park, let me tell you. You weren't there. No, but my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, on my cousin's side, twice removed, was... And we have family legends that have been handed down through the generations. Was he really that great? No, but the stories are. So, you have to go a long way to find someone who doesn't know about David and Goliath. It's the classic story of a pure-hearted underdog who triumphs against all odds. We even have a program from the event left to us by my great, 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 great... Okay, okay, we get the great, great, great thing, but uh, a program... Serious? Yeah, take a look. It's on sale. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh-huh. Player introductions. Uh, an ad for a Ford Mustang. Uh, no, 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 no. That's a real Mustang. Herschel the horse trader. He was overstocked that year. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay, what's this? It's a picture of David with important information. Uh, he's in his blue and white home uniform. Five foot four, 120 pounds. Uh, Sounds a lot bigger when you read the story. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This is not from the event. Could be. Uh-uh. Besides, we're not here to talk only about the David Goliath encounter. David was much bigger than that. This is just one in a series of events which makes David Hamelech one of Judaism's greatest heroes and legends. Even at five foot four, 120 pounds? Uh-huh. So... You want to buy the program? The one from your great, 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 etc., etc. Uh-huh, yeah, on, on my cousin's side. Twice, twice removed. removed. Yeah, I know, I got it. Uh, let's just say I'm a little skeptical about whether it's from the original meeting of the two. Ah, uh, that's too bad. Such a bargain. How about the rock and the slingshot? Uh, passing on the rock and the slingshot, too. You're a tough customer. Uh, I'll be back. Wait here, wait uh, here. Yeah. Pasadena. But I can't wait to get started on today's David podcast. I'll bet Rabbi Halpern is loaded with stories of his own regarding David Hamelech and what made him... Uh, are you ready for it? Go ahead! Great. I knew that was coming. Stick around. Let's open the throttle up and start our road trip. So stop what you're doing. It wouldn't hurt you to listen a little. Welcome back to Biker and the Rabbi. The life of David has so many twists and turns, and yet has so much triumph. But it's not a simple life, is it, Rabbi Helper? Shalom, Biker. It's far from simple, and as far from simple as you can get. There is nothing simple, except for the lessons we can learn from his life and his challenges. Well, just a while ago, I was talking to some guy about the whole David-Goliath thing. 
maybe that's a good place to start. It is. And the reason is David's career as God's warrior is the perfect example of blending faith and action. Well, we know tons about the action and how he took on Goliath. The last time, we started our David discussion by examining his full heart, his faith. But why is that important? Uh, well, uh, I was actually kind of hoping that you knew that. Well, let's try this. Some passive types will sit back and watch God perform miracles. Then you have the active, kind of type A person who believes that they get the credit for their success. Mm. Hard work equals success. Mm. David is different. He acts successfully, and at the same time he knows that he is but a vessel for the divine plan. Well, that's a powerful combination. It's one thing to appreciate that God runs the world. It's quite another for the successful businessman or mighty warrior to do that. They have a hard time not seeing themselves as the source for their own successes. Biker? Do I look as confuzzled as I think I look? Worse. Why? We've just gotten started. Because we seem to be drawing back to the whole ego-empty-vessel conflict. And I thought we had the handle on that. Well, we do, but we don't. In other words, we understand that ego exists, and to be our best, ego cannot drive us. But at this point in our study, we may think that sitting back and watching God's plan unfold is the recommended path. So, David is the walking contradiction of what we think we know. Well, he also reinforces the idea that we can become much greater than our very own ego thinks we can. Wait a second. The ego can get pretty big on occasion. In fact, many occasions. True. But by limiting its effect and emptying ourselves of ego, allowing ourselves to become a pure vessel of God's love, we exceed even the ego's picture of who we can be. And David shows us both sides of that. So we can be bigger than even our ego pushes us to be. But we do that by ignoring it. Yes, David is filled with his love of God, and therefore he has no equal. He is capable of incredible action, such as slaying the giant Goliath. So, David teaches us the true measure of faith isn't when we stand in prayer, but when we get knee-deep in the world of action. Spot on, biker. Whether you're in the Marines or trying to make ends meet, you act and... God makes it work. <laughs> I see all sorts of practical lessons here. Care to elaborate? Uh, sure. Take, for example, the fellow burning the midnight oil. What's wrong with a good work ethic? Nothing. Nothing at all. But ask our workaholic who runs the world and see what he says. Or better yet, see what he thinks. Hey, biker, are you sure you got the right role model? After all, David didn't head to the pool each day at five. He was up at midnight studying Torah, leading the nation at dawn, and that doesn't account for the many battles he fought. Well, good point. Of course, some situations call for vigorous action, but all too often we overextend ourselves because we think, if I don't do this, who will? Exactly. David knew that all of his success came from above, and that is why he was able to calmly study Torah all night long. He was all in. He was right in the thick of the action when it was clear that God was placing him there. But he had no problem stepping back when the situation called for it. Think of the rebellion of his very own son, Avshalom. Oh no. Oh no, here we go again. Avshalom? Avshalom? 
Who? Well, you're the one who was so excited about studying David's life in the first place. Are you beginning to see just how complicated it is? And we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. After all, Saul's still lurking in the back, waiting to be introduced. That's it. That's it. Where's the guy with the scorecard? I may need him after all. Sounds like a good time to take a break. And when we get back, we can talk more about living with faith and vigorous action. Stick around, won't you? Okay, we're back. So we're going to strap on the idea of faith or action. And with King David as our guide, we will learn that they are no contradiction at all. David's life shows us many things which we can apply in our own lives. Simple things that once we are aware of them will not take superhuman effort. Um, how about an example, Rabbi? How's this? You have to be responsible for your environment. You can't just let things happen and hope for the best. But there's many who think, hey, God runs the world. How am I going to change what his plan is? Well, we start with free will choice? Oh no, we're not going down that rabbit hole right now. Okay, so we have less philosophical means of doing that. And one of those is the form of humility that David brings to his life. David is not physically imposing and certainly cannot challenge Goliath in a battle of strength. But yet he stepped up to take Goliath on. He trusted in God and emptied his ego. When Saul fitted him for the king's armor, readying him for battle, it didn't fit until David literally grew into it. That's a good trick. There's also the idea of the stone and the slingshot. Hmm, what do you mean? Goliath's helmet protected him almost 100%. There was simply a small opening which could be penetrated. And David did this, slaying the giant and cementing his legacy. But uh, if you were trying to stir up a little controversy, which we both know I'm not. Of course not, Biker. You would never think of doing that. No, no, no. But if you were to do that, uh, you could say, okay, that was really God's plan all along. Right? You could, but you'd be wrong. Why? The reason David was there to begin with was because of his total humility. Explain that. True. Routing Goliath had been part of God's plan. But without David's humble effort, he never would have achieved greatness. Huh? Goliath would have died. But had David not lived up to his destiny as the humble warrior, Goliath might have died some other way. David achieves greatness through battle, yet does not become arrogant. Okay, okay, so we know God runs the world, but we may still have trouble understanding where we fit in. It can be perplexing, and everyone's got a personal challenge to try and figure it out. Gotta think, how much of it is me, and how much is too much me and not enough God? Don't start making my head hurt again, Rabbi. But just think about it. Too often when we hear that God runs the world, we say, okay, go ahead. I will just sit back and not worry about doing anything because God's in charge anyway. Okay, okay, but that's not the lesson of David today. Of course not. That's a lesson driven by ego, fear of failure, or a dangerous combo of all of the above. David was driven by a heart full of love and no self. Okay, 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 I, I think I got this and how it applies. We let laziness decide that God should be in charge. We don't have to create any input. Yet, we try to take credit for what unfolds. Now you're beginning to see what's so important about the lesson of David. Had he just said, God, you handle Goliath for me, I'll just show up and take credit, it would have been contemptible. Right, but David was an empty vessel. Now he just had to let his faith 
the love of God to invest him in the idea that he would be successful. Not that he was responsible for his success. There's a difference, and it's a huge attitude adjustment for all of us. Because David's heart was full and pure, and it's this pure-hearted relationship with his creator that led to David's display of warrior-like strength and made him king-worthy. Bingo. David is a very complicated individual. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, biker. <laughs> That's a lot to think about. So, will you sum things up for us, Rabbi? Sure. We learn how King David, through his humility and through his relationship with his creator, can get involved in the thick of things, can really drive the action, be at the center, and yet recognize that he is a vessel for the divine plan. He's a vessel for the divine strength. He's a vessel for divine love. It's not about him. That doesn't excuse him. In fact, understanding that it's not about him empowers him to take front and center role when it is expected and asked of him. Thanks for being here today. I'll get your coat. It's time to go. Well, that about wraps up another podcast. It's great to have you with us. And we'd like to request two things. First, if you like these, please pass them along to friends and anyone you feel might enjoy the content. Second, if you have questions you'd like answered, or you just want to learn more, reach out to our recorded line at 303-820-2855. As always, a huge thanks to the Denver Colel for their support and the access to their resources if you wish to support them in any way, visit their website at denverkolel.org. Kolel spelled K-O-L-L-E-L. On our next podcast, the rabbi and I will tackle more about David and how complicated his life is. Yet everything he endured is a lesson for you today to help you create a fuller life. Please join us. I'm Biker for Rabbi Halpern. Thank you, and God bless.